Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not-so-distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift, to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, Nestled within the tropical embrace of Hawaii, a tale of nocturnal dread lingers, passed down through generations. It speaks of an invisible force known as the Ghost Choke, a haunting experience where one's breath is stolen in the dead of night. It's a silent struggle, a scream trapped in the throat, leaving you gasping until, mercifully, breath returns. As a child, I scoffed at such stories, until the night the living room couch became my bed and the dream world my prison. In my slumber, an unseen entity wrapped its fingers around my neck, each gasp for air a futile plea. My mother, a silent specter herself, drifted by with a candle's glow, oblivious to my plight. Desperate to call out, my voice was but a whisper against a tempest. Then came the fall, a sudden jolt that promised escape, Yet when my eyes flew open, the couch still cradled me. No fall, no sound, only silence. The relief was fleeting. Sleep once again pulled me under and the nightmare resumed its cruel cycle. My mother's candlelit figure, my silent screams, the fall that never happened. Fear anchored me to wakefulness and I sought refuge in my mother's wakeful world. Her words confirmed my dread. The ghost press had visited me. That night, sleep became the enemy, and I lay in wait for dawn's reassuring light. Now I share this tale with you, dear listeners. Let it be a reminder that sometimes the most chilling stories are not just whispers in the wind. They're shadows that dance in our very homes. Stay vigilant and stay curious. Warmest regards from a place where ancient spirits still roam. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast. On each visit to my grandma's, when my cousin joins me, we wander into the horse field. It was there, amidst the tranquility, that an eerie chorus broke the silence. A child's voice, singing and swinging, yet turning to the sound revealed nothing. Even my cousin admitted hearing it, confirming it wasn't my imagination playing tricks. Now this presence is a constant, the air fills with her song and the chilling sound of a swing in motion. At times, desperate cries for help pierce through, accompanied by the roar of an invisible storm, despite the sky's clarity. 
My mind can't help but weave a tale of a young girl, lost to a sudden tempest while at play, her spirit lingering where her life was stolen. But the tale doesn't end with the girl. Parallel to her story is that of a tugboat, its fate sealed on the same fateful night. Its spectral journey repeats with haunting precision, the groan of metal, the blast of its horn, all synchronized with the girl's pleas. Listeners, imagine standing in that field, the ground beneath you silent, yet the past echoes around you, a reminder that some stories don't end. They replay endlessly, waiting to be heard. Stay tuned and keep your ears open. Who knows what mysteries you'll uncover? Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, From my earliest memories, a spectral girl has haunted the edges of my life. Invisible to others, she oscillated between playful companion and malevolent presence. Her hands, intangible to my mother's eyes, would grasp at my throat, propelling me into terrified sprints to seek refuge in my mother's arms. We left our home behind in search of peace, but the girl's essence clung to us, weaving herself into the fabric of my dreams. These nightmares cast her in familiar scenes, a doppelganger child peering from the window of the house we abandoned, or as a sinister echo threatening to rise through me. Laughter, chilling and distant, would fill the void of the old house in my sleep-shrouded mind. It's not just me. My mother and sister sense the lingering dread that accompanies these rare but jarring episodes. Parenthood amplified these hauntings. The arrival of my own children seemed to stir dormant energies. A dream returned the bassinet from my childhood to my home, acting as a vessel for the girl's resurgence. I keep my fears hidden, shielding my family from the terror that gnaws at me. However, solitude bears witness to the inexplicable. Toys activated by unseen hands break the stillness of night. Each time I petition the heavens for deliverance from this haunting that has spanned generations. Keep your lights on and your curiosity peaked. A haunted listener. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Imagine a place, a dimly lit lane, known as Cortner Road located in Pueblo, a rather nondescript town where the most exhilarating event is the Halloween night celebration filled with wild costumes, unnerving pranks, and flowing alcohol. It's a regular town with regular people living regular lives, except on this particular night. Let me take you back to one chilly morning around 1 a.m., my cousin Matt and I were just two adventurous souls, out for a midnight drive. As we cruised through the deserted streets, we found ourselves passing the infamous Cortner House, an eerie sight that stands half-burnt, its remnants whispering tales of the past. What remains intact, however, is its haunting basement. Matt brought the car to a halt, killing all the lights, and began to spin a spine-chilling tale. 
The house once belonged to the Kortner family, where the patriarch was known for his horrifying deeds. He was a member of the KKK and allegedly murdered African Americans in that very basement. One fateful day, he lost himself to madness, brutally killing his dog, chasing his wife through the surrounding woods, and eventually shooting her and his son. The daughter was hung from a tree, her lifeless body swinging ominously for all passing by to witness. As Matt's voice trailed off, a cold shiver ran down my spine. I urged Matt to put the car in gear and get us out of there. As we drove away, Matt glanced at the rearview mirror, his face turning white as he abruptly hit the brakes. A chilling silence filled the car. Peering into the same mirror, I saw a spectral face staring back at me from the back seat. A quick turn to the back seat revealed nothing. We were both too petrified to voice our fears. Suddenly, an apparition of a little girl in a light pink dress crossed the road ahead. Matt swerved sharply to avoid hitting her, causing us to crash into the very tree where the Courtner daughter was said to be hung from. The car's gauges went haywire as we spiraled out of control. As my seatbelt unbuckled itself and hit me in the face, I saw a figure standing before our car. I knew it was Courtner. The last thing I remember was the violent jolt of the car before darkness engulfed me. When I regained consciousness, Matt sat motionless in the driver's seat. Our car was wedged against an electric fence, two barbed wire fences, and a tree. Yet miraculously, it bore little damage. As we prepared to back out, the rear end of the car inexplicably lifted. Matt got out to investigate, but found nothing. Days later, we decided to substantiate the Kortner ghost stories for our friends, Trent, Clint, and Jennifer. As we pulled up to the Kortner house, Matt's door refused to budge. Try as we might, it wouldn't open. A sense of unease settled over us as we decided to abandon our plan. As we drove away, both Jennifer and I spotted Kortner standing in the middle of the road, watching us in our rearview mirrors. My seatbelt then began to inexplicably tighten around me, forcing my seat to recline backwards. Overwhelmed, I cried out in fear and managed to free myself from the belt's clutches. As we finally reached South Road to drop off Trent, Clint, and Matt, we noticed something etched on the car's back window. Matt and Courtney Courtner Road. Since that harrowing experience, the mere mention of Courtner Road triggers strange physical reactions in Matt and me. Matt's left eye goes blind while I experience a violent nosebleed. Courtner Road is no longer a party place on Halloween. It carries an eerie aura, a call for us to return and never come back. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Three years back, on an autumnal October 15th, my journey to Boise, Idaho began embarking on a mission to save my own life with a heart surgery that beckoned. My arteries, clogged to a critical 90%, demanded the expertise of surgeons to weave four bypasses. Accompanied by friends, we sought respite in a motel for the night, as dawn would call me to the hospital's doors at the first light. No more than 20 minutes had passed in our temporary quarters when the unexpected shrill of a phone pierced the silence. The receiver brought a voice, woven with a Spanish accent, 
delivering a startling message directly to me. Don't have your surgery tomorrow. It's not your turn to die. A chill ran down my spine as the caller identified himself as Oscar, a friend and former colleague long since passed away. Oscar's words echoed amidst a cacophony of voices that seemed to transcend realms, declaring he was suspended between heaven and earth. His insistence on postponing my surgery sent ripples of disbelief among us. Information had not been shared about our lodging. This call was a bolt from the blue. At dinner, with my family having joined us, the strange phone call became the centerpiece of our conversation. With their encouragement, I resolved to bring my concerns before my doctor at the earliest opportunity. Morning came, and as the hospital staff began their preparations, I awaited the chance to speak with my surgeon. In an uncanny turn, before words could leave my lips, he revealed an unforeseen delay. My surgery was to be postponed for a week due to the worrisome track record of my initially assigned surgeon. A week later, I found myself on the mend post-surgery, with every heartbeat a testament to second chances and otherworldly interventions. I share this story not only as a chronicle of survival, but as a testament to the profound and mysterious ways in which unseen forces can interject in our lives. Thank you for letting me share this incredible experience that defies explanation. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, I'm a teenage girl from Austin, Texas, with a tale that has lingered in my mind, one that unfolded in my very own bedroom. My fascination with the supernatural has been a part of me since I was seven, and what I'm about to share with you is my first eerie encounter. On a night like any other, around 10 or 11, I climbed the stairs to my room. I neglected to lock my door, a detail that would soon haunt me. As sleep began to envelop me, an unexpected sound pierced the silence, a heavy breathing, reminiscent of a large dog sniffing about. Then eyes appeared. In a swift motion, I drew my covers over my head, seeking refuge in the cocoon of my bed until sleep claimed me once more. Despite the fear of that night, it was not enough to change my routine until the following Thursday. Again, I left my door unlocked. This time, as slumber took hold, a violent shaking of my bed startled me awake. I was frozen, unable to move or cry out, terror gripping me until dawn's light offered a semblance of safety. Since then, the fear has rooted itself so deeply that sleep evades me unless the door is firmly locked and my closet door shut. This is my story, raw and unembellished. Thank you for lending an ear to this haunting experience. Much love. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, I've got a tale that might just send a shiver down the spine of your nocturnal listeners. Picture this. My wife and I, fresh residents in our new abode, encounter a peculiar phenomenon starting our second summer there. 
We're talking about an unmistakable old man smell that hits you like a wall in random spots on the first floor. Never upstairs, never outside, and never more than one spot at once. This isn't your garden variety musty house scent. It's a full-on olfactory assault in a tiny three-foot bubble. You're breathing easy one second. The next, you're smacked with this potent aroma that seems to belong to someone, something otherworldly. Now, my wife, ever the skeptic, chalked it up to the quirks of our season dwelling or some rogue breeze sneaking in. But here's where it gets interesting. We dig a little into the house's history and uncover that a previous owner, confined to a wheelchair, spent his twilight years right where these mysterious scent pockets pop up. Coincidence? I'm not sold. It feels too real, too specific. It's as if the former owner's essence lingers, marking his territory beyond the veil. Never before or since have I smelled a presence quite like this. So I'm reaching out to you and your audience. Have any of you brushed with the paranormal? Not just seen or heard, but smelled it. Keep your senses sharp and your minds open. Who knows what signs we might find when we least expect them. Eager to hear if anyone else has walked through such an aromatic enigma. Best, a householder haunted by history. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, I'm coming to you with a tale that is woven into the fabric of my everyday life, a tale that is as chilling as it is uncanny. The characters in this story are my mother, my siblings, my grandparents, and the spectral presence of my late great-grandfather. We all share a two-story residence, a house that has been passed down to us, carrying the weight of history and the echoes of generations past. Our narrative revolves around the quirky antics of my great-grandfather, a man known for his playful spirit in life. Now in death, he seems to have transformed our home into his personal playground, teasing us with inexplicable occurrences that defy reason. It begins with the lights, flickering on and off at their own whims. Doors have a way of slamming shut without a hint of wind. Whispers and phantom movements catch the periphery of our vision, fleeting enough to doubt your own senses, yet persistent enough to unsettle the most skeptical among us. Appliances turn off without human intervention. Things disappear only to reappear where we have looked a dozen times. My mother, in particular, experiences the eerie sensation of her name being whispered in the early hours, as if someone is attempting to rouse her from sleep. One peculiar instance stands out vividly in my memory, Mother and I found ourselves alone in the house when we heard the distinct sound of garage and laundry doors shutting, a sound we associated with my grandmother returning from her shopping trips. However, upon investigation, we found no trace of her. My mother, shaken but unfazed, locked the screen door and the wooden door, retreating to the kitchen table. The doors were visible from her seat and she settled down with the day's newspaper. As she glanced up later, she noticed the previously locked doors standing wide open. She revisited her memory, confirming that she had indeed locked them. As she moved to secure them once again, she found them inexplicably closed. 
On a different occasion, my mother was resting on the couch when a sudden crash startled her. The source? My room. Positioned mysteriously in the center were two dolls, my Navajo and porcelain dolls, the latter pointing to a wall with a shelf. The arrangement was odd, as the dolls usually rest on different ends of the room. Had the porcelain doll simply fallen, it should have landed face down, away from the shelf. Instead, it seemed to have navigated a diagonal path, passing several obstacles to land in that peculiar spot. Another memory that sends chills down my spine involves a shadow that I saw one day. It was the shape of a person, strolling casually down the hallway, trailing my mother into the kitchen. It was a fleeting, silent specter that left me questioning my own eyes. These are just a few of the strange occurrences that color our lives in this haunted family home. There are countless others, each as eerie as the last, that I'm still struggling to recall. I hope our story intrigues your listeners just as much as it bewilders us. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on these chilling experiences that have become our new normal. Until then, we continue to coexist with our spectral housemate, always wondering what strange event will unfold next. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, I ventured to a friend's party in East Ipswich, lugging my digital camera along to capture the laughs and antics of my mates. As the evening's excitement waned, I found myself aimlessly snapping shots. In the backyard stood an old tree, seemingly perfect for an artistic shot. Upon reviewing my pictures, something eerie caught my eye, mysterious orbs floating amidst the greenery. Sharing this oddity with a friend sparked interest, and soon enough, the host's sister chimed in with a chilling revelation. Their home was rumored to be haunted. Curiosity peaked, we gathered a small group and retreated indoors. They recounted tales of an old man's tragic end, his last moments spent in the very hallway where our party buzzed. Whispers of ghostly footsteps chilled the air, and even the family pets seemed wary of the spot. Eager for proof, we clicked away with our cameras, but no spectral images appeared, save for my earlier photo. Skeptics might think it mere dust, yet no other picture bore these odd shapes. To add to the mystery, my camera's new batteries drained unexpectedly. Could it be that I captured a glimpse of the beyond? The singular photo, with its inexplicable orbs, remains as the only testament to that uncanny night. Dear Mysteries After Dark podcast, Picture this, the year is 1988, and a large white house in Cotton Valley, Louisiana, plays the primary stage for our story. A young boy of five, myself, lived there along with my family, a seemingly ordinary setting. However, the story that unfolded was anything but ordinary. My sister, the adventurous soul that she was, always spun tales of eerie happenings around the house speaking of hauntings that chilled me to the bone. 
Every time she succeeded in scaring me, I would rush to our mother, seeking comfort and inadvertently getting my sister scolded. Eventually, my sister moved into her own room, and I had the room next to the kitchen all to myself. One night the house was quiet, the day's activities had come to a close, and everyone retreated to their respective rooms. But sleep eluded me as an unnerving sound echoed from the attic, the rattling of chains followed by a piercing scream. I dashed to my mother's room terrified. She dismissed it as a figment of my imagination and put me back to bed. This eerie symphony persisted for a month, driving me into a state of fear. My teddy bear became my sole companion, and a flashlight my only defense against the unseen. However, things took a twist when my stepsister moved in and shared my room. She confessed to hearing the same sounds, validating my fears. But then one day, as suddenly as they had begun, the sounds ceased. We enjoyed a few months of serenity, and I was able to sleep undisturbed. Yet just when we thought the mystery had ended, on a late September night, the entire household was jolted awake by the cacophonous sound of dishes breaking in the kitchen. It was as if an invisible quarrel had erupted, complete with screams and shouts. My mother flipped on the kitchen light to discover everything in its place, not a dish out of line. Bizarre phenomenons like these continued to puzzle us until we finally moved out in 1990. The ghostly memories of that large white house in Cotton Valley still linger, a chilling chapter from my childhood that continues to be etched in my mind. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, on a balmy summer evening, my buddy Jen and I got the itch to dive into a movie marathon. So off we went to Jen's place to grab her VCR. My room was tech-free at that point. Living in the basement, we chose the outdoor basement door for our return shortcut. Here's the scene. Right after stepping through that door, you're greeted by a staircase to the left, the laundry duo of washer and dryer to the side. Veer right, and you hit the bathroom. Straight ahead is my room, straddling two worlds. A plywood domain gives way to a concrete realm, the latter standing a good two inches proud. Inside my room, there's a cozy setup. My bed huddled in the right corner, a dresser keeping it company. A bulky floor TV held court across from it, crowned with four china dolls. My couch faced the TV, marking the boundary between plywood and concrete. We settled down, VCR hooked up, ready for laughs with Big Daddy. But then, the power started its dance, a flicker here, a flicker there. We shrugged it off as tired bulbs, seeing as our movie marathon on the TV wasn't interrupted. But then, in an instant that sucked the air from the room, those four china dolls swiveled their heads in unison, staring right at us. It was as if they were cued by an unseen director. And just as their porcelain gaze met ours, darkness swallowed us whole. TV lights all out. Adrenaline kicked in. We heaved the couch off its concrete stage and bolted for the stairs. Upstairs was calm. Electricity flowed uninterrupted. But Jen and I, we were done with downstairs for the night. 
Those dolls were history the next day. Now even the sight of China dolls elsewhere sends shivers down my spine. Stay intrigued and sleep tight. Dear Mysteries After Dark Podcast, Imagine living in the country, not in the deep wilderness, but still far enough out to be surrounded by nature. Neighbors are close enough to be familiar, yet at a comfortable distance. About a mile away, accessible by foot, lies a quiet cemetery. My story starts about six or seven years ago when I embarked on a fitness journey, using my bicycle as my trusty companion. My usual route was a simple ride to the cemetery entrance and back. One dusk, I decided to change my route to avoid the cemetery and instead take a straight path. As I was making my way back, an unusual sight caught my eye. An old Chevy pickup, its paintwork of faded green and white stripes, was driving towards me. Behind the wheel was a young man, but what was more unsettling was the eerie silence that accompanied the vehicle. I strained my ears, expecting the grumble of an engine or the crunch of gravel under tires, but there was nothing but chilly silence. The truck made an abrupt turn towards the cemetery, still without raising a cloud of dust, a phenomenon I found impossible given it was the height of summer. A wave of fear crashed over me, and I found myself pedaling at a frantic pace to escape the uncanny situation. I had never been more petrified in my life, it was an experience that made me swear never to take that route again. Fast forward to 2005, my sister and I were outside, enjoying the twilight. We saw the same eerie truck, again shrouded in an unnatural silence, making its way down the road. As it reached our mom's house, it completely vanished into thin air. We were left waiting, our hearts pounding, but the truck never reappeared. Earlier that evening, we had been engrossed in a spine-chilling show and had been discussing frightening experiences. I had just shared the unnerving truck incident when it materialized in front of our eyes. For the next three nights, like clockwork, the truck would glide down the road, its lights and overheads on, one of them being out. The truck disappeared on the fourth night, leaving us with a morbid curiosity that led us on a futile quest to locate it. It has been absent since then, and I can't help but fear that this ghostly truck might be an omen of some sort. To anyone in rural Oklahoma who may have encountered a similar sighting, I urge you to reach out. I am eager to know if it has an origin, or if it's just a chilling product of our imaginations. Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you. Like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads, until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. 
This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our ebon-bound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night.